0: Welcome aboard, Beef Station. Join us as we rocket through the stars at the speed of love. I'm Oscar. Andrew, let's kick it off. This week, dude, we are doing a, another listener suggestion. We yeah, had an email in,
1: from Gina.
0: Gina, we had an email in asking that we uh, stop covering
1: films exclusively,
0: <laughs> exclusively dominated by white men.
1: I will direct you to <laughs> Thoroughbreds, which is uh, dominated by two white yeah, women. Yeah, we did one of the women once.
0: What yeah. do you want from us? Fuck. Um, and <laughs> coincidentally, two movies are out in the cinemas at the moment uh, when we're recording that have a predominantly female cast. And mm. we thought... Well, I don't think it was
1: coincidentally. She literally suggested that we do exactly <laughs> these two movies. But,
0: but yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay, fine. Um, point is, there are two movies out at the moment that have a predominantly female cast. Yep. Uh, that being A Simple Favor and Women in Black. Yeah. Both of which... Ladies um, in Black. Fuck, I'm going to do it. have done place. it again. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Ladies in Black um, and A Simple Favor. Both of which we've seen fairly recently at the cinema. Yeah. So, A Simple Favor. Yeah. 2018 stars Anna Kendrick and Blake Lively. I don't really know much about the director Directed or the by, writers. I'll
1: give you a rundown. Directed by Paul Feig, who... Oh, really? Um, yeah, who did... No, He those... does all sorts of stuff, doesn't he? Yeah, he did... Uh, so, he did the... Um, not controversial at all. 2016 uh, remake of Ghostbusters uh, with more ha- female cast. Hashtag
0: not my Ghostbusters. Oh boy, <laughs>
1: I didn't um, mind it. I
0: actually thought it was all right. I didn't. But I feel see like that it. was the problem. It was like I like that it all was all right. Yeah, yeah I yeah. liked.
1: I liked that it happened. Uh, yeah. But Paul Feig, in my opinion, and everyone that writes for his movies, <laughs> is a shit director. Yeah. He also did twenty fifteen that spy movie where like most of the joke is that the main character's fat. Oh the um, um and uh, Bridesmaids, which is one of the least uh, one of what well, just one of the worst films I've ever seen.
0: I think it's I think it's beloved by many though. I think a lot of people oh, like it. It's
1: beloved by a shitload of, of <laughs> morons. Of <laughs> absolutely drooling idiots. No, I think you're wrong with I think a lot of people like Bridesmaids. I I'm not disagreeing with that fact. It's like a cult hit but, kind of thing. Um there is literally an extended scene with people like shitting. and Yeah, farting all I and hear sex. about is that it's scene, but I think the rest, the, it, the rest of the movie no, isn't like it. It's either, a bad right? movie. It's a terrible, <laughs> terrible, terrible, terrible movie. Um, he's Again, it's, of... he's doing good work in cultural space, but he's not doing good work. Yeah, he's it's but it's bad work. He's done a lot of all right American comedies. If yeah, I was. The big it's budget very, ones. So he did very... Ghostbusters. He did
0: Spy. He's in the same vein as Amy Schumer, where it's like yeah. a lot of
1: people are fans, but I just don't think that. <laughs> you don't know why funny, yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, also interesting that he tends to he does tend to have this sort of focus on these female cast, predominantly female yeah. cast movies. Um, obviously, Paul Fig himself not a female, uh, <laughs> yeah. I assume. So yeah, I don't know. Um, it's it's interesting that like these movies kind of really strongly root themselves in a female perspective, yeah. um, but that they're not directed by someone who is. I don't know about the, the writers or anything. I haven't looked into that. I mean, from the
2: feeling um, of the
0: film...
1: I don't want to ruin that perspective too early, but from the feeling of this, what really feels like it's going to be one of those movies that
0: has like six writers. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. It was a, um, Or maybe maybe just it just had two writers that didn't look at each other's copy before they combined
1: <laughs> it. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, the writer for this one, the screenplay was by Jessica Shaza Right. Uh, and it was based on a novel... Um by David Darcy Bell, sorry. Okay. Um so I haven't read that novel. No, I me mean, neither. Yeah. Um she's written uh not a whole lot really. Um yeah, she okay. wrote a fair bit for American Horror Story um and a TV movie of dirty dancing, but yeah, it hasn't really done much. <laughs> oh great, um, good. So yeah, I mean and maybe that comes through a little bit in this. Well let's let's jump into it. Yeah. So, so it's
0: so. predominantly a story about Anna Kendrick, who's this sort of Bubbly, like naively cute, sickeningly sweet, adorable kind of single mum. Yeah, who she does like
1: a mother's vlog with like yeah. crafts and recipes and shit.
0: Which immediately, immediately, her character rubbed me the wrong way. I really didn't really <laughs> didn't She's, like her character I, at the start. I at think all.
1: Um, Kendrick does a really good performance in this yeah. movie of a. F- fucking annoying character so an annoyingly and, and unfortunately a main character Ugh, <laughs> like she, like other
0: characters swear and she goes oopsie oh sorry in my house we have a swear jar and yeah we and say like, oopsie when
1: someone swears yeah well, in my house we do things differently to fucking dick <laughs> and she like dresses with like Fluffy cotton baubles oh, all she's over just jumpers, just the most just like colourful, like uh, church group mum, suburban yeah, mum, that kind of it, shit, yeah. and it's like a little over the top. And yeah, and then also her character is Ugh. fucking. And annoying. I think the all way I w- that she speaks is annoying.
2: Yeah,
0: and I think not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but I think the only reason they do that is so that she can become a bit more of a badass later in the film. Yeah, and to and contrast sort of strip with, that
1: away a bit to contrast with the other character, so that she, um, uh, the other main character is uh, Stephanie whose son goes to the same school as Emily's son. She's like a rich socialite kind of lady. She lives in this big house. She's she's kind of... She's a badass, like, swearing, drinking, neglectful parent. Yeah. Um, I mean,
0: I didn't really like... I think it was interesting that both of these main characters were just awful. Yeah. Because I think Anne Kendrick's character is really annoying. Really, to be
1: clear, really well acted. Yeah. But... Fucking irritating fucking characters like, Well Blake
0: Lively's character As like the, the rich mum That doesn't Blake care about Lively anything Blake Lively is Stephanie Yeah, yeah. Oh no, em- I thought her name was Emily Oh fuck Emily is, You're I totally don't... right Sorry
1: <laughs> Emily is Anna there Kendrick There are too many fucking em- characters yeah, In this movie they have <laughs> such Generic bullshit names Yeah <laughs> Emily is Anna Kendrick And No <laughs> no. Jesus This is why we do okay. The patented <laughs> method Of <laughs>
0: Anna Kendrick it's And Blake Lively Kendrick and Lively <laughs> Kendrick and Lively The point is Anna Kendrick Meets uh, Blake Lively at, like, you know, picking up the kids from school or whatever. And they sort of have the kids over for a play date or whatever, and they sort of become friends. But already, I'm not entirely sure that these people would even become friends because, like, they sort of. Hang out and have drinks a couple times, and already they're like sharing their deepest, darkest
1: secrets. Yeah, and Anna Kendrick's even like, I have no idea why I'm even telling you these things. I'm like, Well,
0: us neither.
1: The pacing um, of the movie is is clearly uh, it's can, crazy. It depends on how much slack you want to give this film, which generally for me is not a None lot. at all. Uh, yeah, <laughs> well, um, but if you say, Okay, so clearly that's happening over time, yeah. and they're just hanging out a bit more yeah. and they become more comfortable, but it with doesn't each really other. show you them like. I think Emily is like kind of takes Stephanie under her wing because she's often like oh yeah. you're adorable yeah drink this hard liquor <laughs> yeah. so yeah I mean like there's yeah, the plot progression is not covered very well but no. isn't exactly like bad the, the passage just, of time in
0: that first bit isn't entirely clear like it yeah. could very easily be they met up on a Monday Tuesday Wednesday <laughs> yeah <laughs> in it the be, or it could have been over like two yeah. months or whatever and yeah. I'm just I just wasn't entirely satisfied with these characterizations at all like Blake Lively's character is kind of intolerably cruel and selfish and kind yeah. of show-offy To the point where it's kind of unbelievable that anyone would be like that.
2: Yeah, like what justification could anyone possibly have? Like she's like so obnoxious almost.
1: To give a little bit, and I I think us just talking about these characters is more interesting if you sort of know the the setup of the plot. So the kind of early early setup, the first act, I guess, is like Lively calls Kendrick, and she's saying like, "Oh, there's this crisis for work that I need to go to." Um, can you please babysit my kid? Yeah, because um, her husband Sean, who's uh, the protagonist from, uh, Crazy, Rich from Crazy Rich Asians, um, he's like going on a business trip as well or something. I can't remember his name, but yeah, um, he's he's in in London or tending to his mum or whatever. Lively's gone for like two days, and um, and so Kendrick's character starts to become really concerned. Yeah, and she made, she th- and, at
0: first she thought it was like a couple hours, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. She doesn't. She come was back like, a "Can you days. take them
1: after work until I pick them up?" Yeah, from. From your place. And then it's been it's it's days. And yeah. she gets Sean, the husband, involved and she says Sean's like, Oh, sometimes she does this and she talks to detectives and apparently they investigate and find because it 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 gets longer than two days and yeah. um they find that like uh you know there's she lied about being in Miami, that she rented a car in Michigan and, but and that's, so that's the setup for the plot. It's yeah, like yeah, yeah,
0: Blake Lively's character goes missing, no yeah. one knows where she is, not even her husband knows where she is. Yeah. Yeah. And so the first half of the movie is kind of this for this weird kind of friendship that starts to develop between Anna Kendrick mm. and Blake Lively's husband, while they're sort of trying to work exam. out where she is, which. Again, was kind of unbelievable. Henry Golding is right. He, okay, actually? right. Yeah. So um, it gets to the point where like <laughs> Anna Kendrick's at like the big mansion house taking care of this rich kid, yeah. And the husband kind of comes home out of nowhere, and it's like, oh, nice to meet you. Where's your wife? Yeah, we should call the police now. And he's like, oh, Jesus! Like that kind of comes out of nowhere. And yeah. the husband doesn't. I mean, he's a good actor, but again, all the writing really kind of falls short in this film. Like, I didn't um, really believe is that he was distressed story. at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was kind of like, hi, nice to meet you. Where's your wife? I don't know. She does this. Let's call the police now. Um, yeah. <laughs> kind of shit. Which um, kind of just comes in and over.
1: There's some plot beats
0: that feel very forced. Really um, forced. Like, so, they go to the... F- and then after like a couple days of not being able to... oh no, no, maybe, maybe I'm jumping too far ahead. A of lot myself. of time
1: passes. But getting into sort of spoilers for the earlier part of the film, they find a body... Um, in yeah. the rental car, and so like Stephanie and Sean, like in the
0: middle of fucking nowhere, they in, find this in, rental car in Michigan.
1: Car. Yeah, so like, yeah. Uh, Emily's been found dead. Yeah, and Stephanie and Sean, sorry, been, again, <laughs> Lively's found dead. Anna Kendrick and has been Henry trying to like, track her down for the last couple of days. Yeah, so they they end up forming this kind of connection through grief, um, because obviously Anna Kendrick's <laughs> character is widowed. Yeah. Um, and so, th- th- I think just through... They're both trying to single parent together, together at, the at the start. Exactly, so they're kind of just cooperating and, and helping yeah. each other out with their kids. But, like, and the way then... they
0: bond at first is, like, <laughs> Henry Golding's character makes a really nice smoothie, and yeah, Arno Kendrick's like, like Can't believe I like, like smoothies I too, smoothies so oh my good.
1: god. I, I make such good smoothies <laughs> that, um... <laughs> In a couple weeks, well, who knows where this is going to (laughs) go. Yeah, which
0: is just ridiculous.
1: Yeah, it wasn't... There's a
0: lot of shit like that. We're like, hold on, the smoothies, what got you over the line?
1: Yeah, so like uh, what happens is that um, the thing that that kind of becomes, or the point at which it becomes a little strange, not just in terms of the poor writing, (laughs) um, but uh, the detective that um, Anna Kendrick's talking to says, yeah, we looked at the body, so the results of the um, uh, autopsy come up. And they're like, oh, we looked at the body and there's like, it, she's had severe liver damage from drinking and- it's like Traces her of heroin like, in her yeah, system and all Yeah, she did like that. to drink. And then, it's, yeah, it's like, oh, she had heroin in her system and shit. Yeah. And um, she is just like, oh, I don't oh, think she did heroin. Don't think she That's did heroin. It's pretty, yeah. Yeah. And so then- and Yeah. So what happens is like, it's kind of a part- it's, there's like a murder mystery element to this film, yeah. um, but it's also trying to be one of those bridesmaids comedies. Yeah. Um, and so that's, so that's the, the bit bizarre I, pairing. That's the bit I really had a problem with was yeah. this weird, bizarre pairing in the
0: film where like it was half quirky kind of Will Ferrelly kind of comedy. Yeah. And then half like, um, <laughs> some sort of psychological thriller. Anna Kendrick will, like, hear a noise and turn around and think, oh, is that, like, a ghost? No, that's just nothing there. Yeah. So after um, we find out that Blake Lively's character has died and has, like, been found dead in this car with the heroin and the alcohol and shit, it kind of tries to go a little bit like a psychological thriller. Mm. And there's all these beats that come up in the film. And, um, like, every time you think the film's doing something cool, it's not at all.
1: Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: The film, every now and then, cuts away to um, Anna Kendrick's character doing these, like, Mummy
1: video blog things where she's like, "Oh, like, hi
0: moms, Today we're making friendship bracelets." Oh, okay. Like, it's, "Hi mums!"
1: It's like someone's learned about because they're live streamed, and yeah. so it's someone's like someone's learned, learned about what, what Twitch is. is. Yeah, it's like they've learned about what Twitch if is. They're not all live. I, I think they're, they're just like YouTube videos. I think oh, it was it felt yeah. very Twitch esque because that's a thing that people do on yeah. Twitch. But then, like, they didn't quite get how a real human Would interacts with those platforms, yeah. and it was one of these things where I don't think Paul Feig actually. Uh, has ever actually watched YouTube <laughs> yeah. tutorial videos well, it's, because it's,
0: it's, it's like she had this like professional studio set up in her front room which like yeah, whatever. Yeah. But so she just says a lot of the shit. Where it's like, hi, mums, today we're learning how to make an a nutritious snack that your kids will laugh in their lunchboxes or yeah. whatever. Or like, ah, oh, I always find it hard to convince their kids to eat their vegetables. So here's a handy trick. But then every now and then it'll be like, hi, mums, today my best friend was murdered. And yeah. yeah. Ooh, and at the start been I thought like on about Emily's death. It's like yeah. who's well, the target audience for this? Because well, see, at the start I thought like those videos. I thought like maybe it's some weird like semi-reality shit mm. where you don't know whether the vlogs that she's where she's like perkily bubbly discussing this murder you don't know whether like is this really happening or maybe it's just like a creative depiction of her psyche and like thought process because I kind of thought like oh that's what it is like every time it cuts away to like this weird almost surreal thing where she's discussing on her like crafty mum's YouTube channel the new details of this case like hi mums tell you my friend's buddy was found in a lake with heroin in her system I'm like oh that's obviously not happening this is like some weird psychological shit
1: yeah no um, but,
0: And yeah, you know, oh no no, it's really happening she no, she's that. really just uploading that stuff yeah. every fucking time that happens and
1: uh, it's you've touched on something there which I think is, is kind of a, a key criticism that I have yeah. in this film which is that the internal motivations of the characters is just not believable it's at any point It's never clear it's, it's never you don't know why characters are doing certain things they don't make reasonable decisions yeah. they don't take reasonable Reasonable steps or act in a believable way. No, the performances are good, but the the actions are bad. And um, like Emily, uh, Blake Lively's character is this like sort of liberated. Um, she's supposed to be like a strong, she's like a strong, a really strong, strong woman kind, kind of character, feminist perspective character. Yeah. But then she falls trapped to a lot of like really serious vices, which is not in opposition to that, but it's like, what are you going for with this character? It's, it's just, she she's, just comes across as a total dick half the time. Yeah, so you don't and, know whether she's
0: trying to be, like, liberating Anna yeah. or whether she's, like, being a total dick. And so you're like, well, why would they even be friends? Yeah, this exactly. makes no sense. And,
1: like, she's really, really charismatic, which is fine, but you don't understand why she's doing certain things. And, yeah. like, there's like it, often this, this movie does that thing where, like, often something would be way easier to achieve... That if you if if a character did it in a different way, yeah. but it's not as cool. So they make them do it in a way more complicated way, yeah. That's just like less believable. Yeah. Um, um, so it, well, it 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 has it needed someone who was better at checking scripts to read over the script. The
0: script was just like Jump back to the bad. beginning
1: of the movie, bit where you see like a couple scenes of Anna Anna Kendrick's
0: character and Blake Lively's character kind of hanging out a bit. Mm. Um. <laughs> like there's a... A couple scenes where, like, you know, um, they're bearing their souls, and and it Kendrick's like, "Oh, my husband died." Yeah, and, like, so let's and get then into Blake, this. Blake Lively like needles her and is really insensitive and like a total bitch about her dead
1: husband. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, "Oh, your husband is dead. How that much Oh, and she's kind of pressuring her into it. And yeah. she, she's trying to she's trying to open her up and form a connection, but she's <laughs> not then, doing it in a way but, where I feel like Kendrick's character yeah, would respond well.
0: And so then when Emily. Um, Emily is Blake Love. I'm, I'm sick yeah. of doing it.
1: And Blake Love's character is Emily.
0: When Emily finally goes missing and uh, Anna Kendrick's character is looking for Emily, she's like, my best friend is gone missing. I can't believe yeah. my best friend. And it's just like, is do, this I, your best do friend? I
1: feel like you guys are best friends? I feel like I didn't met,
0: feel like they were best friends. I thought they had met, like, a week ago. Yeah. I
2: thought the yeah. reason,
0: because looking at the trailer, I thought the reason why it looked a bit like a weird movie was like, oh, um this woman that she's only just met asks her to do a favor and like look, look after her kid. Like, hey, I've just met you, but can you look after my kid? And then she fucking disappears. And I thought yeah. that's a cool idea. But the movie was really trying to shoehorn in, like, they're best friends and they just mm. moved away. It's like, well, then why would they have to... Yeah, so let's why get would she, she have to just it. met her? I think like, we're going to... No, yeah, I'm so, sick of a dancing so, so around from, from
1: now on, um, if you do want to see this movie, because there are a few big twists. And if you do want to see this movie go watch it now because we're yeah. just going to discuss the whole plot. We're
0: just going to spoil it. Yeah. Everything, I think everything's going to be spoiled. If you're possibly interested in it by the time we finish it, you could probably go see it anyway,
1: but we're going to yeah. give some plot spoilers now. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so, during the, the first big spoiler is during yeah. that conversation where they're burying their souls, and this yeah. is, uh, ties in with the point about internal motivation, you find out that um, Stephanie, and so Stephanie's husband died in a car accident, but you yeah. find out that her brother also died in a car accident, and... The reason why that car accident happened was because the husband drove them both into a retaining barrier. Yeah. Because she had sex with her brother. Her like, st-
0: I think step brother.
1: I don't think it was.
0: No, it was. No, it was totally maybe, okay. Maybe
1: it was step brother. No, no, half brother. Yeah, which yeah, is yeah. Better. It was half. <laughs> no, half brother. That's that's worse. That's way worse than a stepbrother. No, it's better than a brother though. Yeah, okay. If fine, you going to fuck yeah, your no, brother, here's yeah, how sure. it goes. Here's fuck a, your stepbrother, here's the then fuck order. your half brother, yeah. Yeah. then you can fuck your yeah, full so brother. So she's in the middle rung of that. And that's yeah. just not <laughs> a perspective that I found to be a particularly good point of emphasis. No. She cheated on her husband with, with her, her half brother. Yeah. And you and this is like it's, it, it could have been anything, because that, that doesn't drive the plot forward at all. in any meaningful way, no. other than Emily later uses it to blackmail Stephanie. As like, here's something you've only told
0: me, the person you met a week ago,
1: and that must be... Yeah. So it, it turns out that
0: somehow, even though they found her body, Emily is alive. Yeah, and that's another one of those things where so like, this is another a couple, spoiler. Yeah, yeah, there's a couple twists, a couple points in the movie where you're like, oh, are they doing something weird and psychological? Like Anna Kendrick gets this phone call, and Emily speaks to her on the
1: phone and says like, you brother fucker.
0: Oh wow, which, which is a phrase day, again that they use yeah. like twenty
1: times in the movie. It's like I get it, she I fucked it. her brother. Okay, yeah, exactly. it's a tired phrase. But so
0: like Anna Kendrick gets this phone call, and Emily's on the other end. She's like, oh, Emily, but I thought Emily was dead. And this voice says like, you brother fucker. I can't believe you're like. Shagging my husband, yeah. you're supposed to be my friend, and then the phone cuts out, and I thought, like, oh, is that psychological? Yeah. That's so cool. Not really happened. No, yeah. The character Emily actually It's really her somehow alive. Really yeah. just called her on the phone. Another one was um like Anna Kendrick, so she's so infatuated with Emily's uh, with uh Blake Gladley's husband they're finally like they they fuck right after the funeral yeah and then like they move in together like a couple days later yeah. and then suddenly they're, wild. very they're wildly fast. in love within the space of a couple yeah. days yeah. and then um, she's like throwing out all of emily's clothes from this massive wardrobe moving in all of her shit clothes and she goes out of the like goes out of the house and goes to fucking grab milk or something comes back and the wardrobe's all back the way it was with all emily's shit and mm. i feel like oh fuck that's another cycle nope nope yeah, like somehow Emily's still alive. It and she broke back into it. Yeah. broke back into the house, put all her clothes back. And, and all on. she
1: did was put all the fucking clothes back. Oh
0: god, it's, it's just so like, weird. Either it's something weird and psychological, or it's really happening. Yeah. And if that's really happening, why is that really happening? Yeah. Like the shit with the vlog, where like that, oh, I really another- hated that because I thought like there was an opportunity to have this really cool like using the vlog to sort of psychologically depict how fucked up this is making Aunt, um, Anna Kendrick's character. Yeah, you Sort of seeing seeing the way she's thinking through her vlogs, but the vlogs where she's still with the murder aren't real. No, the vlogs where she's still with the murder are real. And suddenly yeah. she's like keeping all of her mum fans across the country up to date and using all the fans out there as like detectives and Google this stuff for me mums. trying try and work out if there's any rental cars. She is
1: guilty a- of multiple counts of obstruction of justice in this movie. Absolutely. She withholds evidence from the police, yeah. she... Uh, uses a personal army to try and like <laughs> involve themselves in the solving of a crime it's, like it's so she is not a good character no in that like you don't have a point of empathy for but. her and she doesn't deal with grief in any kind of <laughs> meaningful way she just is like constantly like oh well you know uh, my best friend said gotta uh, keep soldiering on yeah, gotta keep. Uh, yeah. and it's like yeah but at some point you should mm. break yeah Like and we you just never fucking see that. And she seems so fragile that she fucks a dude. Yeah, which is not again not. I actually thought the relationship that she has with um, Sean, the husband, is not particularly bad or unbelievable. I thought that was kind of they had an okay chemistry, but exactly it moved extremely quickly, and there was not the nothing had the emotional impact that it should. Yeah. And another thing that is is difficult is that this. This movie covers so much ground.
0: And another thing. <laughs> that
1: that like by the end of it, I had forgotten that oh yeah, Anna Kendrick's character is literally incestuous. <laughs> It's just—it's yeah. just like it gets skimmed over, and like yeah, that's the point of yeah. the black. Going back but- to the the brother fucker
0: thing, like the whole—the only point of that was that like um, Blake Lively's character was saying, "Oh, you're so sheltered and you're so cute, and I can't believe it," and she's like, "Shut up!" No, everyone has a dark side. I have a dark side, and so like I fucked my brother was like her dark side moment. Yeah, but like. She's also kind of partially responsible for the death of her brother and her husband. They could have played that off in some other weird, more believable scene. Much more- She could have been like, uh, oh, I don't know, thinking on the top of the head like, oh, my my husband was an alcoholic and I encouraged it and that was like why he died or whatever. And kind of something weird and dark. But instead it was like,
1: no, for for no reason at all, she fucked her brother. Mm-hmm. And There's been a big yeah. push for normalization of incest <laughs> in media recently. Game of Thrones did it You reckon good work some big that. Hollywood executive fucked his sister and no, is just, I just trying reckon, to I'm, get I'm, I'm, It's okay, just it? interesting that, like, yeah, there's a, there's a real big push for, like, hey, incest, <laughs> yeah. if you really know the human story behind it, <laughs> not that bad. Not that so, bad. Okay. We're all just people. Yeah. Yeah. It's, try- it's like, I don't know how to feel about that. If you're not going <laughs> to
0: have a kid. Why not fuck your sibling? Yeah, exactly. They're there. They're doesn't available. Doesn't matter. Yeah.
1: So <laughs> yeah, victimless crime. Very understandable sort of thing to do. You know, spend a lot of time around them. You know each other. They <laughs> understand you. Is a,
0: this is a very bad point of conversation. For oh, it's just strange feminist like, lady like episode. I've
1: just noticed that I don't feel like you know back in the nineties or whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like. I don't remember seeing a whole lot of shit about incest, but now we've got, like, a few big cultural pieces, like, <laughs> particularly Game of Thrones, where it's yeah. just characters, like, a well, central see, point of conflict. Game of, of Thrones,
0: conflict. it's like, it's a fantasy land and it's, like, a medieval yeah. world and it's barbaric <laughs> yep. and they're fucking their brothers and stuff.
1: Yep. Like, this is just
0: Anna Kendrick being yep. like, not like, I want to do something not crazy. Not like the
1: current royal family. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess not the current royal family, but that empire is built on incest, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Um, my main problem was just all the character Like, I just didn't believe that Anna Kendrick would be friends with Blake Lively. I didn't believe that their internal um,
1: motivations aren't good. They
0: just don't work no. at all. I didn't believe that Blake Lively's husband would want to fuck Anna Kendrick a day after this wife that he
1: that he had supposedly loved and mm. adored
0: had died. And um, I think part of the issue sense. with that
1: is that these are kind of these are gritty, tough, hard hitting concepts. Yeah. But this movie is not gritty or tough or hard hitting. No. It's extremely lighthearted. So yeah. it's taking like, okay, so obviously a lot of comparisons. In the pitch of this movie, they actually pitched stuff like Gone Girl and um, Girl, yeah. so Girl so it, on the it's Train. Ha- it's so extremely it's like half similar. Half
0: Gone Girl, Girl yeah. half
1: weird comedies.
0: Yeah, half gone, Which just half gone girl, half, half bridesmaid. Because one of the like reasons why
1: David Fincher directed fucking Gone Girl was because yeah. they needed someone who could who could do like gritty, fucking psychopathic, emotional manipulation, yeah. and 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 what that like Ben Affleck's character is fucking tortured yeah. by this. And you see that happen. And this just doesn't have that... So, like, okay, to to give a full... uh, For those of you who've seen it, like, you would know. So, Emily, it turns out, Emily has a twin sister. It's literally twins. It's the answer to, like, how
0: could they possibly be... How could she be alive? Literally twins. Literally, oh, what about the heroin? Oh, her twin was a heroin addict.
1: Yeah. Like, Oh, right. And then, okay, so, (laughs) this film has... It it does a twist, and then you find out, oh, we lied about the twist. The twist is that plus a thing. So, like, (laughs) oh, she has a twin who is a heroin addict and an alcoholic and then it's like oh actually she was a triplet and one of them died at birth or whatever. but that didn't
0: actually mean anything
1: no and also so Anna Kendrick it's revealed like oh she had sex with her brother but then yeah. what happened was like her husband died and so she says her brother like comforted her half brother comforted her in an emotional moment and that's how they got to fucking yeah. when actually what happened was that she cheated on her husband with her brother, he found out about it, and killed them both. In, like, revenge. In a, in a revenge thing. Yeah. So it's like, why did you give me the first plot twist? It's like they were trying to create this complication, but they Twisty, just artificially shit, like, manufactured it yeah. by making stuff. Like, what is... I, I genuinely... I want to see, like, timestamps for when I was writing notes, because I said, like... I was writing stuff about like, oh, Kendrick's character's kind of fucking annoying. And like, oh, then the husband is weirdly cliched. And then yeah. I, I just have this note that I probably wrote an hour later. <laughs> that was just, what is this movie doing?
0: <laughs> yeah, I think the final note I have with this movie is, um, what the fuck is even happening in this ending? It's
1: insane. Oh, en- uh, Kendrick's character sets up a meeting <laughs> on Emily's grave. And then she does it through the vlog and has this like allegedly cryptic message, which was actually just super fucking obvious. Where people it was like, like, Emily, come meet. Me at the grave. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding, you're dead. Ha ha ha, but come <laughs> meet me at the grave. Yeah. And um, if you were alive, I would meet yeah, you at the grave exactly. at 10 o'clock. It <laughs> yeah, was like- <laughs> it was literally like that. Um, and then, so she's at the grave at fucking 10 o'clock and Emily shows up wearing the most obnoxious shit. <laughs> which, like, as a wanted person, you probably would be smart enough not to do. It's like every outfit this chick has is out of a different page of a Vogue magazine. Yeah, and which, and like, she's in hiding, so where is <laughs> yeah. she keeping where's all the getting shit? all this oh, shit? Oh, God, maybe she stole it. But that would be interesting if she stole it on the way to the thing, but she yeah. doesn't do that. Whatever. <laughs> so, you think, okay, the, 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 the as a viewer, you're like, alright, so, clearly, um... Emily's setting up this meeting. She's recording the. Sorry, Stephanie's setting up this meeting. She's recording it because she's she you know she uses cameras. She and live she's going to try, like, try and trap and Emily in lie a lie. Yeah, to try and work she, out what so she's doing. It'll be an entrapment thing because right? I think that's part of it. She's
0: trying to work out like after Emily, it turns out Emily's alive. She's trying to work out like why did why did Emily fake her, her death and what's going on. And there here?
1: was there's weird shit with her like with Sean that they took out a massive life insurance thing and that Sean right. was the one who orchestrated. And it. I think that the movie part of, lies to you about that yeah. two times. <laughs> that's part of a part
0: of a twist that sort of builds suspicion. That that's supposed to be the engaging bit in the film is like, so Stephanie, Anna Kendrick's character, yeah. um, develops this romance with Sean. And then and she then finds out it about It becomes, the... finds out about this life insurance yeah. thing. Like, oh, right before Emily went missing uh, and supposedly died, this giant life insurance policy came out on her. Um, what's going on with that? Is Sean even involved? So she slowly starts to become suspicious that maybe the husband that she's been comforting and she's been getting to love mm. um, is actually involved in this cover-up and maybe is lying to her Yeah, about-
1: Oh, all this shit. and there's also like a little thing thrown in about Sean after Emily's death, having sex with his receptionist, because like she, calls, also, him, yeah. h- she calls him like a hunk and she's flirting with him and he's yeah. indulging it. And it's like, so like, what that's, it, why? That's another thing that Too makes sense. Too many so, things, man. <laughs> Sophia, oh, so what it, I was going to say, is, yeah. sorry, they have yeah, the yeah. meeting at the graveyard right. and you're like, you all right, she's going to film and record her in a lie. And, exactly. Yeah. And then, and then she doesn't. And then she does that later. <laughs> why? It just makes no sense. Like just do it the first time. Yeah, that exactly. Was, oh, my God. That was like, it that was totally an infuriating movie to watch. So, that, that thing
0: was, This is I mean, all these character fucking inconsistencies bizarre. that don't make sense. So, like, the point- I think we're just going to go out and fucking spoil it. Right. Oh, so yeah. So, the, the idea is Emily's character uh, convinces Sean that they should get this life insurance policy because Anna Kendrick was kind of talking about how, oh, when my husband died, I had this life insurance policy and it, was a, it saved us. And so, Emily's character, Blake Lively, is like is like- um, let's just get this giant fucking life insurance policy. Yeah. Anna Kendrick's right. We'll get this life insurance policy, a little peace of mind. If we ever, heaven forbid, should die, it'll be good for our kids. And then she fakes her own death without telling anyone. So the husband yep. genuinely doesn't know what's going on, and he's genu- he genuinely like loves his wife and is genuinely worried about where she is and is grateful for Anna Kendrick to be coming into his life and helping him out. So all the reactions we see him do when Anna Kendrick's not sure, but we know he's being honest. Yeah, and we know sort of that. Oh, he—he is—he's actually this nice guy, and so then they didn't throw in like, oh, um, so now Anna Kendrick is su- suspicious of Henry and not really sure if he's complicit in this insurance fraud thing or not. Yeah, and you're like, oh, we know he's not, but Anna Kendrick's not sure, and then to suddenly suddenly throw in this idea that oh, also he's having an affair. It's like, well, why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. yeah. So is he supposed to be this nice guy or is he not? Like, yeah. It just and makes no like, sense I think it's meant he's to try. An and,
1: I think it's meant to try and like complicate people morally and kind of put put like make. But it you just question, makes no sense. But it just means that you don't like any of the characters. Yeah. <laughs> I don't give a fuck what happens to any of them. Yeah. I'm frustrated by literally everyone in this entire movie. Exactly. And I just want them all to go to jail. Because it
0: would be interesting. It would have been interesting, I think, if uh, one way to sort of step towards making the film interesting would have been like if we knew that the husband was innocent the whole time. And a character was worried he I was guilty. I think meant and we, to think that. And we, yeah, but then th- th- but the then affair, affair thing, thing really throws just it. Just means exactly. like, oh, he's a dick then. Yeah, so
1: <laughs> like, just makes like, sense. oh, I don't give a fuck even if he is innocent because he's an asshole. Exactly. Like, oh, like man. Oh, yeah. It, it, it didn't you, do. No one to root for.
0: Blake yeah. character is so obnoxious and rude, and it's like, oh, it, she is my best. But it's like, well, you're fucking acting like it, were you? Yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly. The husband is supposed and to be. And she's so meant innocent. to be
1: that gone girl. She's meant to be that rose. Oh, who's the main character in Gone Girl? Whoever the fuck, yeah. Um, she's meant to be that that like level of manipulative, sort yeah. of calculating psychopath, um, and it's she just doesn't come across as being as capable. Or... She's literally like, I'm gonna murder my twin sister, hide that body, and pretend to be I think it's Rose dead. McGowan, right? Because Rose in Gone Girl, Rose McGowan is like her performance is. Incredible. Yeah. She's fucking terrifying. Like <laughs> what she'll do to herself, and the way that she carries herself around people yeah. is so chilling that it makes her character. You you sense Ben Affleck's absolute fear and hatred of this character that yeah. he then has to spend time and around. It's like a later. shocking transformation that she's undergone. Yeah, because like, how did I how did I ever have feelings for this woman because she's just not the same person that I that I once thought. And this movie is like, nope, nah, She's just a weird. Calculating asshole And like selfish It's not like yeah. It's not like she's being Manipulative or
0: psychological She's just being selfish And like It's not like it was This clever plan She just didn't fucking Tell her husband She was gonna fake Her own death Um, And then she frames Her husband For like Battering and abusing her Out of nowhere So okay Which is weird I'm
1: assuming Just I'm, I'm trying to think of this From an end user perspective Of the listener I think you guys are probably completely lost. Yeah. And that is a perfectly normal response to this movie. We've there been... was so much shit in the script. Yeah. Even if I, I just I, I pulled some stuff out of the Wikipedia plot outline yeah. to try and like make this this less confusing to people.
0: No, sorry um, sorry it's confusing as fuck. That's the experience that we had as well.
1: It's that's what it's like watching this movie. It's like why there's so much shit. It's, yeah. it, it. The pacing is so rapid, characters <laughs> are so complicated, and not in a deep and meaningful way. Like, the plot no. section is huge. This takes a, a massive amount to, to try and process, and they just did so much shit. Yeah, no, so, it just...
0: Ugh. And... And looking at the critical the critical response, it seems to be getting pretty good reviews. Yeah. Like it's got uh, like a seventy-five it's like a seven or out something, 10
1: pretty much across the board.
0: And I think it's just way worse than that. Yeah,
1: this is not a seven out of ten movie.
0: I think if it had tried, if it had gone all in on the comedy, it would have been good. Yeah. If it had gone all in on the psychological thing, it would have been good, but too close to Gone Girl. It would maybe. have been.
1: It just would have been Gone Girl. Yeah. yeah.
0: And so it's just this weird middle ground where you're never quite sure why the characters are doing what they're doing or what's going on. Like, you're never quite sure, for example, yeah. whether if a, like a tense scene is about to come up, whether it's going to finish in a psychological hard kind of way or whether it's going to finish in a comedic way. Yeah, Like, it's literally a standoff at the end where you think, like, they're all fucked and then, like, a guy gets shot and was like, oh, you shot me! And it yeah. finishes in this
1: weird kind of comedy way. Yeah, um, it doesn't know when to when to take a certain tone. Well, the
0: fact that it's got both tones available to it at any given opportunity yeah. means the film is just
1: fucking confusing. Yeah. Like- yep, yep. The plot <laughs> is confusing and the yeah, tone is confusing. Like, it's
0: never like a scene is like, oh, this this is going to end in a weird co- like action way and it's going to end in either this action psycho way or in this psycho way. It's mm. like, no, it's going to end in either this comedy thing or in this action thing. And every scene- And it's both. Yeah. Or neither. Or neither. Uh, or like, so if you think it's doing something clever, it's never doing anything clever.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's and, always and just like literally, it was. Or twins, it does the clever thing the that time. you thought it was doing again when it reconstructs that plot part to do it again <laughs> yeah, later yeah, after exactly. it already had a good opportunity yeah. to do that. That happens multiple times. Yeah, multiple times. It could have done that thing earlier, and you're like, ah, I see what they're going for. They're going for this, and, thing. They and they It's like, nope. Oh, actually, we are. Yeah. <laughs> That's an infuriating experience. Because <laughs> <Yeah, yeah. laughs> it's like, well, why did you tell me that it wasn't doing that? Why did oh, I set th- through 20 minutes to set up to the thing that could have happened exactly. 20 minutes ago? Oh, and it was like, they didn't realize. It's like, I feel like if you went up and told Paul Fig, like, <laughs> hey, you know, you, you could have done that bit with the live streaming thing in the graveyard. And right? he was like, yeah, and yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. And I know. I didn't, but right? you, and you thought I was going to, and then it didn't. It's like, no, but you did. Then you, it, then you did. Yeah. badly <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, um, oh god yeah I don't know why uh, to, to, I guess to summarize this I think um, oh, and like to cover some other aspects of, yeah. of the movie like it, it's well shot well assembled um, the, actor, like, the actors some of the actors I think all the really actors good. are good in it yeah it's just terrible Right. the problem is this movie is trying to be complicated and hard to follow and, and well maybe not, not trying to be hard to follow yeah. it's trying to be it thinks the, it is it, it's trying to have an incredibly complex plot but that doesn't come off. Yeah. And, and it's not and logically so consistent. It, it then has this suffering because of it where you, you, it's, <laughs> it's, it's also the We are not, the ones suffering. It's, yeah. <laughs> and it's, it suffers from making that attempt because yeah. none of the other parts of the movie that needed to be good are good enough to make up for the fact that the, the no. shit plot didn't come off. So, <sighs> like, it, you, yeah. it's not unpleasant to watch other than the plot.
0: Yeah. So stuff I the stuff I really didn't like was with the writing, like the characterization, the shit that didn't this make any was sense. Really cliches. Stuff yeah. I really liked. I really liked the performances. I thought Anna Kendrick was funny when she needed to be funny. Mm. I thought that she was sort of played it really hard and she needed to be hard. I thought there was, there was some moments where she like emotionally broke down and cried and that was really good. The fact that she was doing those things made no sense. Yeah. But when she had to, she was good. I think Something Blake I really Lively
1: liked... actually was, I, I rated Blake Lively's performances better than Kendrick's in this. Yeah. Movie, well, she had to play two, two different characters job. towards the end as well. Yeah. Which was good. Yeah. Cause that's another um, thing. they fucking Eddie Murphy, the twins. <laughs> and it's just not believable. Like, <laughs> no. Get someone that looks a little bit like, uh, well, no, you yeah. have to do the twins. <laughs> your your, your, get, your solution was you yes. to do a, just to do a, don't have them be twins.
0: <laughs> yeah okay. Lord. Um, it could have been brother. Oh no cuz no, the point is it's a body double. No. Um don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Fine, yeah. Um, something I did like was the music. There's lots of really cool music in there like the yeah. um the French jazzy pop. There's all this like jazzy French pop. Oh, it's got one of those music scenes that they where listen to you in watch
1: Anna Kendrick like sing on screen for a while. Doesn't yeah. it? it? does. Oh, she's in a car, she's and driving. And she's listening to hip hop
0: and rapping along. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, so I've weird. seen the
1: Saturday night. No, it's cuz people love that Anna Kendrick is a white woman that likes rap. And so they the, boy, do they it's fucking like, We've use all seen that. her on Jimmy Fallon. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's literally like watching like, a Jimmy Fallon bit, but she's in the car and it's progressing the plot. It yeah. gives like maybe 30 to 40 seconds of screen time. Just to Anna Kendrick Rapping
0: But you don't see her She's so naive And sheltered For the rest of the movie Like literally Like Blake Lively Puts on this cool French music And she's like Oh music What's this Oh yeah. And then so the watcher Being before. like Welcome to the club Like, like in it's her car insane. It makes absolutely it, No sense It is sense.
1: so Inconsistent That yeah. it's just a Baffling fucking movie.
0: (laughs) I wanted to get in there and say I like the French music that she listened to in the house. I thought that was (laughs) yeah, (laughs) sure. It was nice music, and if I could have just listened to that music for an hour instead of watching this movie, that would have been
1: better. Oh man, so confusing. I don't even yeah, like it's just it's it's so hard to evaluate. Um, Like I liked certain parts of this movie a fair bit. There were times when I genuinely laughed as well. There are points when it's genuinely funny. funny. But but bridesmaids wasn't so it's like he's getting better, but then he tried to do some super ambitious thing in the wrong world, right? And was just like, oh, I'm out of my depth, (laughs) and so he tries to like rest on the crutch of his like not funny comedy that he's got better at, and then that doesn't come off either because it's trying to be something different. Yeah, like if this was just a comedy, you could have it almost be like a fucking uh, Hot Fuzz style. Yeah, like. Yeah, it's an action movie with like dark elements, but I'm doing that. Um, it's mostly a that, comedy, and uh, it's got a tongue in cheek Ed- Edgar of thing. Wright thing. Where yeah. like, yeah, I'm able to handle those dark elements with really dark, great comedy. Yeah, but, but it he's just not wasn't. that quality. The tone and so of it's comedy just not that. The tone of comedy didn't
0: suit the tone of the dark Absolutely psychological not, stuff. I yeah. think they're probably. Uh, Tales is quite nicely into our better than worse than for the week. Yeah, uh, hear me out if you think that this is a nice way to do it this week. I think that the comedy in this film is better than Bridesmaids, from what you've said. Absolutely, but the action and psychological stuff is worse than Gone Girl. Absolutely, we and can the can fact that it sits that. between it's it's better than Bridesmaids but worse than Gone Girl, and you're like, well, those two films are completely different. Yeah, yeah, that's the point. Exactly, and it's fucking weird, and it sits <laughs> yeah. right there in the middle of those two films, and it really feels weird and doesn't really work. Yeah. yeah. Um. I reckon that this movie's probably not worth your time. It feels like one of those maybe like watch on a plane kind of movies. Or like, if you're at a party and someone wants to watch a movie and they suggest this movie, you can be like, oh, "Fine." It's but if there's literally any other long. choice and you can win that argument and make your party watch a yeah. different movie, watch a different movie. Yeah,
1: it's it's almost two hours long because it's trying to cover such ground. And I feel like this yeah. just should have been a ninety-minute simple comedy thing. It could that have been if they I cut out have every liked. second scene where you're like, "Are they doing this?" No, they're not. But they're doing that later. Yeah, and then get rid <laughs> of the fucking Anna Kendrick
0: bit. There's an extra minute <laughs> yeah. of screen time. Right. So to take a pretty a pretty sharp right turn, mm. the next movie that we watched this week was Ladies in Black,
1: which mm. was also. Recorded Requested by a listener, by, Gina. By Gina. Yeah. yeah. So this one's an Australian film. So that's one big change. <laughs> um, we don't do many Australian films on this. I no, don't think we we've don't. done, I saw a bunch with the, at the film festival, but I don't think we've actually done another proper Australian one, right?
0: No, I don't think so. I mean, at this, uh, no, I don't think so. I think we've mostly done big, big blockbusters for like weird mm. weird
1: American indie stuff. Yeah, so, okay. Um, let's give a little bit of an overview of what it's about. Yeah. So, so this takes place in the summer of 1959. Yeah, in Sydney. In Sydney. A lot of the opening shots are really great. You get these like... It's like seeing colorized photos of Sydney in the yeah, 1950s. All these, yeah,
0: always like really great period sort of fashion clothing and that, all the trams going along, these this really old school ones. This is one of those movies ones.
1: where it's like, oh, they definitely had to go to those warehouses yeah. where they've just got like rows and rows and rows of like cars, beautiful old ass cars, old clothes. Oh, oh, I would so love good. one of those
0: cars so much. Every single time I see a period piece like this, like Mad Men or like, yeah. you see like, where the fuck are all those cars? Yeah. Oh, They're just sitting in lots. Like in yeah. when we watch Chappaquiddick and there's all those beautiful old cars. Yeah,
1: it's one of those kind of movies where like yeah. no one could be wearing anything that you would see today. Yeah. It's all clearly, uh, it's a very good period piece for the 1950s. Yeah,
0: and be- before we launched too far into I think that's one of the big strengths of this movie, and you can mm. definitely, we saw the, f- the film with a lot of old people, like I think most of the people oh, in yeah. the cinema with us were over the age of 60 or 70, and it must have a bit of a nostalgia thing <laughs> for them, because, th- I mean, you get like, they're sitting around the breakfast table, and there was like an old Cod- Coddy's Cordial label, in yeah. like, a glass bottle, um, all the old storefronts with these beautiful old televisions, um, and like commode, radio, record player, yeah. bits of furniture and stuff. Like beautiful old houses and so, an old school setting that
2: yeah
1: really really does the heavy lifting in this film. A- and really. one of the things that that lends itself to really well in the film in terms of the plot is that yeah. um the the plot is a a um. Uh, uh, It takes place um, from the perspective of a crew of department store workers. And the department store that they work at is Goods, which is a fictional department store, but it's very much meant to be based on uh, David Jones. Um, Because department stores have changed a little bit, but they used to be this... I don't know Watch the movie It gives a pretty yeah. good feeling Of what it was like To go to a department store In those days If you get the
0: idea Of like what Harrods might be like It's yeah. kind of that kind of thing
1: And so one of the main characters There's a bunch of Really main characters Because it doesn't really Focus on one yeah. person But I guess If you had to pick one It's this young 16 year old girl Who does a Like a summer internship kind like a, of... a, a Summer temporary position
0: yeah. She's kind of bookish And kind of nerdy Like she's got the bangs And the big horn and glasses oh, yeah, And yeah, kind of yeah. dresses Very conservatively And it's so very Neat and timid Lisa And she
1: <laughs> and Immediately was you walks between you, like, she's gonna take off those glasses an hour from now and be hot. <laughs> she, yeah, Oscar called it, and she, that does happen at one point where she's like, takes those glasses off, and um, she does. And darling, like, you look beautiful, you look much better. It's yeah. like, you oh, can't, come on, you can't see for shit, but you're hot, and that's all that matters. So, um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and that's more important. So, what when, we're doing the accents for a reason, by the way, because there's a character that's got really weird accents, yeah. But before we get into that, um, so. She works in the dress ladies, the the cocktail dress section of this uh, yeah. department store, and with this crew of other women who are also main characters in the film. They're
0: sort of older, and so sort they're of a bit more jaded and have sort of been there for a bit. Yeah, they've got husbands
1: yeah. and stuff there. They're sort of established in their lives. Yeah. And, um, but a lot of what, what, chat what I was saying is, just working in the, in the dress section of a department store is a good way to, um, give a kind of slice of life of the consumer culture of that era yeah. and also show you a lot of the kind of props, habits, customs um, that that would have existed. So it's a really strong setting for a period piece because you get yeah. to see a lot of different products which exist and needed to be bought by people because their lifestyles reflected those products.
0: And that's the most interesting thing, I think, in this film is the yeah. slice of life um, window into what life was like back then. Yeah. Like, you get people's attitudes... Something that develops quite quickly through the film is people's attitudes towards refugees in the 1950s. Um, yeah. It's right after the war, so, of course, you get all these um, post-war refugees They're coming. a while
1: after the war, but yeah. Yeah,
0: but I think... It, it's-
1: part of the Coming thing where the back
0: maybe World you of, get yeah. all these refugees that have come, come to Australia off the back of World War II and it might have been there for a bit have sort of started to settle down yeah. but the people who were born in Australia who have sort of <laughs> grown up there um, aren't necessarily very comfortable with how multicultural Australia has quickly started to become. Mm. There's lots of references to it like this Hungarian oh, woman. Say,
1: There's lots of refos. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's, what that's
1: what they call them. Racism was simpler back then. Oh man. Yeah. You yeah. just call someone a refo, get on with your day. D- didn't have to get didn't all the terms in order. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> um, like this Hungarian woman like oh coffee's not very good in australia like, yeah oh, oh, little uh, do you know yeah, yeah um yeah that was um the refos thing reminded me um of my real thoughts on <laughs> 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 reminded me of like one of the gripes i had with this film was a lot of the writing feels a bit lazy um, yeah so i th- really this for a start i liked it i think i liked it a oh, lot more this than was, simple yeah favor. this was a much better experience um, than simple but like there are lots of lines where a line will pop out you're like oh really Oh.
1: And so, like, mm. the first time they use the term refos... Um, it's very much like... It gets the spotlight of the sentence. It's yeah. Like, These oh, <coughs> isn't he... Refos. Isn't he a refo? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's
0: like... like okay. I feel like contextually it's quite clear what's going on. Because Lisa has just been talking to this, like, Hungarian person or something. Yep. Or, like, an Italian or whatever. Um, they're all the same. No, <laughs> Lisa's just been talking Ethnic. to this, like... <laughs> um, European person yeah. and comes back to talk back to her with other sort of retail lady friends and the woman's like, oh, why were you talking to that refo, refugee, migrant? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> like, the character like New Australian like, is what I meant to call them like, in the 1950s. Yeah, like <laughs> looks down the camera and says, refo means migrant or refugee. Yeah.
1: My character is subtly racist. so <laughs> <It's laughs> like- no, I got yeah, it. Thanks. I yeah. get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> um, it's, it's a, some of the some of the writing was kind of dumb. Oh, I was just going to say a couple it. scenes like there where you are
0: like, oh, fine, okay. A lot of Australian films do that. Like you mm. talked about how you watched- Yeah, so um, this is the merger, that? Similar, the merger yeah, that AFL well, like, film. A lot of the stuff. It's like, well, the person that wrote this was this their first pass? Like we used yeah. to do like youth theater type shit, and there was a lot of stuff that added in the script.
1: So you go back and read them, be like, oh
0: fuck, really? Did we write like, that?
1: That was definitely written by people who don't do this for a living. <laughs> yeah, and it was yeah. the same thing in this. Like, yeah. Could you not have thought of a, a more tactful way of
0: introducing the fact that refo means migrant yeah. in a way
1: that I, I think didn't I, like? I, I'm screech not screech the story to a halt. I'd love to hear what people <laughs> who are listening think of this because I was floating this idea and it turned into an interesting conversation with um, with my partner. Yeah. The um, I I I like sleeping facing that way and I won't change. <laughs> um, so the, just the idea that Australian movies a lot of the time feel very pantomimey. And yeah. um, and some of the acting performances are a little bit odd, and I kept having to kind of um, question that. So one one comparison I'll draw, uh, I'll do, I'm going to do my yeah. better than worse than now because it's an okay. interesting talking point. Sure. I reckon this was better than uh, the merger
2: sure. as I talked
1: about, but yeah. I think it was worse than Animal Kingdom. Fuck, which, that's a good movie. Which is such a good movie, and it was. Uh, it's my reference point now for. Justifying to myself that Australian films don't always have this pantomime quality where yeah. um, characters feel a little bit fantastical and uh, and and very theatrical yeah. because the merger felt exactly like Ladies in Black to watch. It was very much characters would deliver their whole line. If there was a joke, it would get a big focus um, because they wanted yeah. the punchline to come off. Um, there was a bit. It, it wasn't so much like direct exposition, but they talk a lot about their internal state to try and <laughs> elucidate how they're feeling. Yeah, and um, and it was just the the performances are good, but in a very distinct,
0: odd way. That's that's that's. Some, I agree with you exactly, and I've always wanted to be able to describe it. And that's a perfect way to describe it. Pantomime is. Perfect. Yeah, it's like you're watching a play.
1: Yes. And it's like the first yeah. run through of the and, play And like in the merger, I, I think I mentioned it at the time, but that was yeah. directed by a theater director. Yeah. And so I, I, I wondered if that kind of bled into it a little bit and, and colored whether or not, like, or yeah. colored what the tone he wanted was a little bit. But this film is directed by Bruce Beresford, who's been directing stuff since the 60s and nothing to do with theater. He actually yeah. also directed um, Mao's Last Dancer. Oh wow! Back in two thousand and nine. Yeah. Um, so he's got some serious credits. Yeah, his belt. he's definitely worked under some stuff. And I just maybe it was a, maybe it's a scriptwriting issue because I always think so. We get a lot more American media, and this yeah. is what I'm interested to hear what people think about this. Do do people think that the reason why these films feel pantomime-esque is because we are so used to seeing the American cultural tone yeah. in movies that when we see an Australian cultural tone, it feels unreal. Yeah. Or but then again, I watched. Animal Kingdom, and that doesn't. That feels great. Really, and every good. single person in that is Australian. It's set in Melbourne, I think. Yeah, and um, yeah, and it's just right. really they great. They all feel kind of artif- A lot of these Australian films, they feel kind of cheap and shitty. Yeah,
0: but it's mostly just this weird before- weird combination it's of script the, and the script and the performance. Yeah. yeah, that makes it feel that way. And it's funny that you would have thought if an Australia, if Australian films, and they probably do have a lot lower budget than American films mm. or British films, that the the Area in which they might be lacking is they might not be as visually spectacular. The effects might not be as good. Yeah. Um. But it's very rarely the case. Very very rarely is that ever something that's holding them back. Because you can have a little drama if you don't want effects. You can have a little drama. It's a quiet little film that doesn't need many spectacular effects. But somehow they still fuck up the script. Yeah. It's like you could have been right. That's the easiest bit to get right. Yeah. Surely in terms of like a fund a funding point of view. Yeah. I don't one know. One dude that gives a shit that has to sit down and like properly work out how to. Make people say shit that doesn't sound weird.
1: Yeah, it's it's it, it's very strange. Um, and like yeah. to be clear again, we both enjoyed. Like I, I really liked the it's film. It's a really great film. It's just a, but you'll see what. Hopefully it's a you'll see what example we mean. of an
0: Australian film where you sort of go. Australian films are kind of shit. Yeah. Where you sort of watch it and you go, it's not shit.
1: It's just they all have these weird like pantomimey they feel kind of very quality. Very specifically strange. And yeah. yeah, I think it is. Uh, the best way I can describe it is uh, as I said, theatrical. Yeah, um, and and that's not when when you're watching a film. You don't want that sense. No. You want a sense of you're watching real characters, um, you're really watching their lives happen, um, and this is very much... Uh, yeah. This feels very much constructed n- narrative. Yeah. You know? um, let's jump to back to a little bit. So, the reason why... I, th- I think... W- well, the reason why Gina made this request was so that she could um, get a kind of read on... Um, well, it was because it's female protagonists, yeah. but let's talk a little bit about, like I guess, how these films kind of reflect... Different female experiences, right? Yeah, because okay. they're vastly—they're trying to do vastly different things. Yeah. So, um, I, I don't think we'll talk too much more about a uh, simple favor, but I don't think that it did a particularly. So th- both of the characters are kind of well, Kendrick's—they're both mothers, and that's like one of the core elements of their characters. I think yeah. Kendrick is like a devoted, super capable. The um, film is like she's a good mum. Yeah, exactly. She's like a prototypical suburban single mother. Make sure the kids eat their veggies. And it's like really like, friendly. knows how parents to play with them like, really well. That it's bitch really is helpful. such a good parent. Like, yeah. yeah. So, I, And I guess in that way, it's like, okay, does she have much going on other than being a good parent? Not really. Yeah. Um, whereas Emily's character is kind of the opposite, where she has too much going on and she's a neglectful parent because yeah. of it. Neither of them are likable. They don't particularly go into... I feel like Emily could almost have been... Male and it wouldn't have changed anything about the film Yeah Like if 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 um, She had a If she was a man and had a wife um, And you just gender flip the entire film Yeah I think it still works perfectly as it is Which I suppose is
0: something good for the depiction of yeah, gender, sure. but also the fact it that, says, that it's so it hollow says, it
1: and says something. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Um, so. I guess that's a good thing, but yeah, I think the problem is that it just doesn't have particularly deep characterization. Yeah, um, regardless of what gender they are. But I, again, I kind of liked Emily's character as a woman because she was that confident. Like, um, I think that's sort part of of one, of, one of the strengths of her character. I think yeah. Blake
0: Lively really does that really well. Yeah. It's so Kendrick's, the, the Kendrick's the writing, very not to jump back to it, it's the no. writing that really
1: lets it down. Yeah. But. This is a 19... So, Ladies in Black is a 1950s period piece, which means that the depiction of the female experience of that era is heavily... Uh, structured by Mm. what life was like for women in that time, which is different to what life is like for women now, possibly more so than the difference for men now, I I think.
0: I found a lot of those stories and ladies really compelling. I don't remember the name of the character, but the the red-headed lady, the young young redheaded woman, she was really good. There was a lot of um, her main story arc was that her husband didn't seem to sort of be very interested in her romantically anymore and they were kind of distant from each other and she sort of stuck being this housewife that works during the day and it kind of sounds like a quiet little story, but her, her arc was really interesting, I thought, and really sort of, like you said, depicted the female experience back in the 50s in a way that I was in, interested in and compelled by. Um, yeah. And then Faye is the other main- Played by Rachel Taylor. Po- yeah, is the other main- sort of female character in the film where you get a real sort of story arc out of them. She is sort of lonely, wants to be in a relationship with... She sort of says, anyone. Yeah. And there's a lot of scenes of...
1: um, Literally anyone will do, (laughs) as long as it's not a (laughs) refo. Yeah,
0: exactly. Actually, that's not true, because there's a lot of scenes of, like, the redhead
1: takes Faye out on all these dates. um, Yeah. So the redheaded woman, sorry, is played by... uh, Her name is Patty. Uh, and she's played by Alison McGur. She's she was really good at thought. Yeah, everyone um, in this movie, aside from what we just mentioned, where the, weird the acting is weird, yeah. it's good. Yeah, like it's good if they're going for that tone. I just <laughs> would prefer. I would be we very interested didn't. to yeah. see this movie remade where the director was like, if anyone talks like they're in a theatrical production, you're fucking fired. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and exactly. just watching it again, but yeah, um, no, yeah she's good.
0: Faye's face character is really interesting. But it jumps back to the whole um. Did you notice that the dialogue was really strange and that they seemed to be really emphasizing the Australianness of it all?
1: Oh uh, yeah, she's like, I mean, uh, Rachel Taylor looks a lot like Nicole Kidman, and yeah. she's actually a very good actress. Yeah.
0: But Everyone like, you know, um but she Pat- Patty says that. like,
1: are you even interested
0: in blokes? And they've she goes, no, like I like blokes, a- blokes, blokes, blokes. Yeah, and they say like- that
1: South Australian yeah. level of Australian going. <laughs> they say blokes yeah. instead
0: of any other possible word to describe men yep. in every single instance. So it really kind of broke me out of the film, like, no one says blokes that much. Well, like, they? if you were saying that
1: <laughs> sentence, you wouldn't say men that often. Like, you wouldn't yeah. say the same word that many times. You'd be like... Yeah. Uh, your brain would be like, oh, I've got to find a different word.
0: <laughs> well, like she'll sit down and be like, it's just blokes. Like, yeah. <laughs> you're like what? It's a like, it's a tough issue. There's blokes? a lot of like strength. Or like, hey Ru Or like, oh, you look like an underfed canary. Yeah. You gotta get some food in you.
1: And I just wasn't quite sure whether or not. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that line came yeah. from um, uh, uh, Kenny the Shane the Jacobson. The Shane Jacobson. Kenny. Um, like uh, it would be good to ask someone who lived in the fifties whether that's or not, they, yeah. What, did did that feel authentic for how yeah. people spoke to each other back then? Yeah, or was that just like <laughs> it's got to be fifties Australian? Yeah. All right, I want lots of struts, lots, <laughs> lots of blokes, <sighs> lots of heroes, lots of refos. The occasional hoo let stop carrying on like a flaming galah. Yeah. That sort of shit. Well,
2: I feel I'm like going to
0: the pub. <laughs> we talk a lot about... well, not a lot. Every now and then, when there's, there's these remastered video games that come out now, um, where you get to like, see
1: how this links back.
0: So you get like, for example, the Crash Bandicoot remaster or like Spyro, and they're beloved games from the 90s. Where if you go back yep. and look at them and try and play them on the original console, they look really shitty. Oh yeah, and the graphics are awful. And, and they're like, fucking hard Man, to play. I definitely remember this being a lot better. Mm. But the remaster looks beautiful. When you when I went and played the remaster, I had Hadn't looked at the original Crash Bandicoot in ages, and it almost looked like how I remembered the original being. Yeah, yeah. If that yeah. makes sense, because your brain's so like, filling in a lot of details. Yeah. So I went and looked, and I'm like, oh man, this doesn't look that much better.
1: And you go back and play the original, like,
0: fuck, this is awful. They did an amazing job, but it never really feels like they've done it up or like made the game. Yeah, it beautiful. just feels like that's it what it was trying
1: to be, and didn't have the technology. It
0: feels like what your memory of that game was. Yeah, in yeah, a similar yeah. way, I imagine that here you we could go. Very readily say that this film feels like how all these people's memories of the 50s were. Right. Because it's a bit glitzy, a bit glamorised. Every character is sort of 10%
1: more exaggerated.
0: Yeah. Like Shane Jacobson's character is a lot like, oh bloody hell, no daughter of mine's going to university. Yeah,
1: um, I didn't go to university, and I turned out all right. Now I'm going back to watching this horse race, writing down stuff, looking up in the newspaper, <laughs> and then I'm going to the pub and neglecting my family.
0: Yeah, literally, like I'm off to the pub because it's 1959. Yeah. See you when and that's you're- what men do. Yeah, when you've <laughs> cooked dinner, I'll be back. Yes, so which is. Yeah, a lot of the film kind of felt like ten percent more exaggerated, and so yeah. I'm not entirely sure whether it's going for necessarily an amount of realism. Mm. But the fact that you're watching it, be like, "Was that really what would happen?" Kind of breaks me out. A it bit
1: was of it. way more believable. All of the internal states and in the um, yeah, the 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 uh, motivations and yeah. the performances of the characters was a lot better than I felt the merger. Um, where right, a lot of it felt artificially constructed, and they were kind of almost sketch characters.
2: This yeah. didn't feel that way at all. Yeah. Um,
0: well, I think
1: it's all about an internal
0: consistency because the film yeah. definitely was a bit exaggerated. Yeah. But it has this internal consistency that means that, like, if you believe if you believe one thing, you can believe all of them, and it's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. The main bit of the story then is that this young girl. Goes to work at this department store. She doesn't quite fit so in because Lisa, all the Lisa, American all the yeah. other women, are very confident and very sort of um, they're veterans. Veterans, very capable. Yeah, Lisa is kind of bumbling away through things. She doesn't quite. I mean, I know she's like sixteen, but she doesn't. She doesn't look as like all the women in the department look sort of beautiful and mm. like immaculate and Lisa she's by like comparison, a fucking nerd with seen, glasses on <laughs> seems sort of a bit kind of kinda, she's deliberately depicted as like a bit dumpy and like yeah. she wears clothes that like her mother has made for her that are a bit frumpy and um some other word Oof, that dumpy <laughs> rhymes. dumpy and frumpy. <laughs> frumpy dumpy <laughs> <laughs> and so then it's kind of these the whole film is like these women helping Lisa grow up into a woman and i, I
1: really liked the- helping
0: her become more confident in herself
2: Fucking which hell. is it's it's kind she of was like born
0: a... the first of January two thousand and
1: one. Jesus, Good yeah. God. Um, so it's kind of like a coming of age story, which I kind of like. I, I really uh, so like having worked a fair bit in customer in service retail, yeah. in, in customer service stuff. This film really um, did the transition from like your first day where you're an absolute fucking idiot, yeah. and you have to you have to embarrass yourself yeah. regularly, and everyone's like this fucking idiot yeah. doesn't even know where the dresses I, go. Hi. Yep. Realize that you knew that if you could be less shit, that would really help my day. <laughs> yeah. And it had a really good transition that. It, it shows from that. that thing
0: where, like, everyone forgets that they were once shit. And yeah. it's like, why is this new person shit? Yeah. So Hurry up, happens. new person. This happens
2: why every so time. Shit? Yeah,
1: <laughs> And then it's got a really good transition to where Lisa is um, is very confident and capable. Yeah. You, you sort of really see that, like, her hit the beats of, like... Yeah. Uh, I did the first time I helped a customer on my own, the first time (laughs) I solved a problem that I would have had to go and ask someone about first. Yeah. Like, uh, she's giving people directions by the end because she knows the whole layout of the yeah. store. Like, it's, it,
0: it, it's it nice does that transition The really old well. women and men in the film, in, in the audience, would have been getting nostalgia about the, the 50s thing. And we would have, like... Oh, We're getting I nostalgia that, about wage slavery. Retail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah,
0: Yeah. Um, something I thought that was really cool at the start of the film was all you see all the women arrive in their day clothes in these beautiful, colourful, floral dresses. And then they go in and get changed and they're all in black.
1: Yeah. And it's kind of like... Oh, that was a great scene, this yeah. Really Contra- good establishing scene.
0: Yeah, it was like kind of like a class distinction almost, in this contrast that I could really relate to as a retail worker, where as soon as they all dress in black and all look the same and all go out onto the floor, they seem like lesser human beings. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's like the point oh, I remember of that. feeling like that. Yep. But it's like, oh no, it's, it's all- to
1: um, it's to put them in a uh, like a. S-
2: a position of position, kind of, yeah. yeah,
1: and so all the customers see them in black so like no we know they're real people
0: and so you sort of I thought the idea that we've just seen them arrive as normal people means that you can kind of relate to these people in yeah. a way that like every time they have to deal with this retail shit and sort of roll their eyes you're like yeah I get your sister yeah
2: and <laughs> so like uh, um,
1: I feel like we we talked a little bit about the the female perspective of yeah. um, simple favour but then got sidetracked so yeah. I think like you're looking at these women from the perspective of department store employees primarily and then yeah. it slowly transitions into kind of their personal life people. And yeah. a lot of that comes through in the form of um, difficulties around. Um, so it grapples with difficulties finding husbands, difficulties with problematic husbands, yeah. and like difficulties raising children. It's the a lot of domestic relationships between men and women in the fifties. I yeah. thought it was
0: really interesting, like the problems that um, Patty 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 has talking yeah. to her husband about sex and about her problems with their romantic relationship. Yeah, um, like I think the main we can kind of spoil this film, a bit. I think go see this film. It's really worth seeing. It's worth experiencing and getting the story beats on your own. Yeah, I would say I don't, definitely go I don't see it. Also uh, support Australian yeah, cinema, yeah. but yeah. I don't think if you've had the story ruined for you, though, equally, it's uh, to- a total write-off. Go see it anyway, I reckon. Mm. Each character sort of has their own little story And they all come together through yeah. Lisa, the main character And it's one of those films where it's like Yeah, she is they, the anchor
1: pin They yeah. change
0: Lisa and Lisa changes them yeah. kind of things yeah. So yep. Patty's husband kind of goes missing Just doesn't come home one day And that was an interesting sort of 50s kind of insight Where like all she could do is just call the police and Bloody call- go and walk about <laughs> And call his work and then just have to sit home and worry and,
1: and everyone was just like Sometimes guys just do that Can you stop worrying about that, honey? Yeah. Just make sure that dinner's on the table for him when he gets back
0: Yeah, exactly Yeah um, um, and so that was really interesting And their whole problem If you get <laughs> the spoiler for this Was that at the end He was just insecure About
1: a romantic evening They had had is gone And about how their sex had gone like, You don't quite and understand It's actually a total fuck I think he felt like He's like a shy sweetheart He felt like sweetheart. he pushed himself on her Yeah And was so embarrassed That he just felt the need to get out Yeah And it turns out that like He's actually a doormat and just wants a confident woman to tell him what to do because yeah. he, he doesn't know anything. <laughs> well, and I don't so, think it was like, that.
0: I think that she 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 wanted like a strong she wanted like a strong man to and she hadn't had like any sort of affection from him. No, she and didn't so, know and she yeah. was
1: just leaving him to be yeah. to kind of like advance come come to her. Yeah, I guess that's what you mean in terms of that strong man thing. Yeah, exactly. But like th- their relationship by the end of the movie is that she's like. Get over here, you big stud. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, oh,
0: a bit of a, a bit of encouragement. Yeah. and he's like a sweetheart. Yeah. Um, yeah, And so that's like their their arc is like the difficulties they had in talking about sex, and they go to the doctor, and the doctor's like, how often have you been having relations? You yeah. Can't have a kid without a certain amount of contact. Kind of very stilted. That look was sex, weird. I, I wasn't just really sure weird. If the
1: implication there was that she hadn't realized that you need to have ejaculation to have a kid. I think, I was it, like, I think it was just you showing can't just like, lie next to each other and be <laughs> married and yeah. then you get pregnant later. Well, I think it was
0: just showing like the awkward nature <laughs> yeah, yeah, of yeah. which was very um, much
1: yeah, of talking like, about family and an that artifact of the era, yeah yeah where it was kind of like well you want to maintain your modesty but a doctor also needs yeah. <laughs> to talk about spath so. <laughs>
0: exactly exactly yeah.
1: um, and then. Oh, and then, yeah, having that, um, her just be like... uh, uh, Because they're having trouble getting pregnant. Yeah. And it turns out that it's, yeah, like the amount of sex that they're having. But um, the implication is she's like, oh, worried that she's infertile. And the doctor's like, well, it could be the guy that's infertile. And she's like, oh, God, I could never even think of saying that. (laughs) He'll be so angry. Yeah. Yeah, it's much more reasonable for her to be infertile than it is for the guy, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. Um, So, we haven't talked about my favorite character yet. Right, yeah. Which is... Played by Julia Ormond, who so plays a, a woman called Magda. Magda.
0: So she works in the fancy designer dress. She runs area the section, yeah. Of the store and then sort of takes Lisa under her wing and helps Lisa flourish a little and become
1: more confident. And she's kind of coloured at first by the other characters' reactions okay. to her where um, where, <laughs> where she's like, uh, they're all like, oh, watch out, she'll fucking eat you up. She's, she's going to murder you. That, that wog woman kind of thing. Because yeah, yeah. They're, they're all... Lisa's kind of friends are a bit racist that towards that woman. <clears throat> I mean, her refo. I <laughs> mean, uh,
0: refugee. I mean, she's not from here. Yeah, um, yeah. She was. She's really good. And so
1: that's she's the main. She's so good. She's also story. British. Uh, oh, really? I don't think anybody. I in didn't this notice film,
0: her Hungarian accent sounded perfect. Her I mean, Slovenian Hungarian accent. slash I mean, why French
1: slash European slash Russian accent. Um, no one in this film that is actually not from Australia is played by someone who's not from Australia or Britain. They just could have gotten fucking it's the same same issue that I had with the merger, but this one's worse, where like they were just like, nah, just do the accent (laughs) (laughs) So the young girl,
0: Lisa's main story arc, is that she starts to sort of integrate herself within this Hungarian woman Magda's life and family and sort of becomes friends with them and sort of discovers this whole new world out there so it's a bit her, a whole new her point story is the coming
1: of age story
0: I don't know the rest of the lyrics to that song but I could have <laughs> gone on for a little while um, <laughs> yeah exactly um and so, like, Magda sort of shows her how to dress herself confidently. And then... Um, Magda's the one who does the pulling the glasses off. Like, yeah. and that's,
1: what, that's the accent that we were like, doing. Like, the, you um, look
0: beautiful, darling. Strictly ballroom shit. Yeah. Um, in, they encourage her intellectualism and encourage her desire to want to go to university. That was a cool bit study. of this, That was actually, really
1: cool. That she was clearly... So, Um, the, the when I was looking up the summary of the thing, it said it takes place in, like, the... Um, Australia's quote cultural awakening and breakdown of class structures and it's kind of like have we broken down the class structures though and are we culturally awake but anyway um, it does definitely do that and one of the primary ways that it approaches those issues is through the lens of Lisa as a graduating student wanting to study art and be a poet or an actress or something creative and a lot of the adults around her sort of being like oh fuck I don't know how to how to handle this it, was it wasn't even like belittling it it was like not that's really knowing what to do with yeah really like, oh, that's like, weird um, I, if i were you i probably just would have gotten a job at that department store that you worked yeah, at or whatever exactly. um and so yeah really cool way to go about doing yeah. that is with her like kind of over the course of the film getting her results and finding out whether or not she got into uni or not yeah. dealing and with her father's opinion of university and
0: the idea that only the father was able to sign the forms to authorize her going yeah, to university. Right. the
1: mother wasn't able to do that yeah um which I thought was interesting. Mm. And so then. And it's like kind of because the dad is in charge of the finances of the house, yeah. but that gives him an authority that he shouldn't necessarily have. And
0: yeah, it was cool.
1: Yeah. It was a good way to go and about doing it.
0: So there's a whole sequence in the film where Lisa is getting
1: to know Magda's family, meeting her husband, meeting her sort of relatives. They're that. both. Uh, Magda and her husband are like my favorite. Pair in this whole. Yeah, so like, the husband is so funny. He's yeah. so <laughs> really, really, really good. So the husband, played by uh, Vincent Perez, who is in a lot of shit. Actually, oh, no, he's from he's he's not Australian. He's from <laughs> fucking Switzerland. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> he's Swiss. Definitely not playing a Swiss man. Uh, I think. Um, yeah, he's playing some other like Eastern European shit. Yeah. The point is that like the whole of Europe's just been kind of blown apart by the war. Yeah. And. Um, a lot of Europeans from all over are just sort of settling wherever they can find Yeah, um, r- r- You hear refuge. a lot of stories from
0: back... <laughs> you, hear, you hear a lot of stories from back then about, like, um, refugees that need to go anywhere but here. Uh, like and a like, good And a, a that. turn of luck means that, like, oh, we only three generations of my family have lived yeah. in Australia because we got on the wrong boat and we we're going to go to America. And yeah, like
1: and like Julia Ormond, so Magda and Stefan met each other learning to speak English and they don't speak the same first language. In a migrant so, camp. In a migrant camp, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, it's just one of those examples of how like they were, their lives were very disrupted and, yeah. it, and they've met and started this new life on the path to doing that individually. Yeah. They've kind of paired up. But Vincent Perez is, is one of the strongest performances. I, I would say, I reckon Julia Julia Ormond and Vincent Perez are the two strongest performances yeah. in this food. They're both they're really charming. Both not and Australian. Really,
0: really, <laughs> really nicely written. And it's it's really nice the way they encourage they such Lisa. such a good relationship. An, yeah, exactly. Like, um I think, um so Magda asks Lisa several times, to them, Lisa, are you happy? And she goes, yeah, of course. And she goes, yeah, I'm happy. um. And mm. um, but when they when Magda and Stefan are alone together. Magda asks Stefan, "Like, are you happy?" And he's like, "By God, I hope not." <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's such a good line. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So another. So there's also uh Ryan Kaur, who plays the Hungarian man, yeah. Rudy. Right. Um, and so that's quite a young a young thing. Yeah.
0: And so that transitions quite nicely into the third story, which is Faye, the blonde woman, yeah. who Lisa sort of encourages to read Anna Karenina and get a bo- get a bit more into her the cultural Encourage sort of side her of things. Intellectualism. Um, yeah. Faye is then introduced to Rudy this young Hungarian man, mm. um, because they're both looking for a relationship. And of
1: course, Faye is one of the main characters who has been the most vocally proponent, uh, or, or has ref- been the most vocal of racism. Yeah. And so it's a bit of like a
0: turning for that character yeah. where she realizes that they're not all just refers. Yeah. Um, yeah. But one thing, I, one problem I had with that was like, um, the character... Faye did seem a little bit one-dimensional. Like, Magda's asking yeah, Lisa, just... like, do you know anyone that might want a relationship? And it's like, right, well, there's there's uh, Patty. The only thing we've seen about her is her problems with her husband. Yeah, there's the is old woman, the only thing we've seen that. Test, um, yeah. <laughs> or there's Faye, and the only scene we've seen of, every single scene we've seen of her outside of work has been her wanting to be in a relationship. Yeah.
1: So, <laughs> but I, I will say that the so it's way- like, well, It's probably going to be fucking Faye, isn't it? I think that the way that this film does approach their- Female perspectives doesn't trivialize yeah. it. It's just very, like, straight white Australian yeah. well, 1950s.
0: I think maybe it's the fact that it feels like it, it's it, maybe it's not the writing, maybe it's not that that character is written into a corner, but like, of course, she's going to be the one that gets on a relationship. Mm. It's more the fact that it feels like a really small cast, like, this could have yeah, been a play exactly. or something. Yeah, and she does and so have there's a certain amount of conservatism have, when it comes to like how many characters a you're going right? to I think both of these I movies are so, based yeah. on books.
1: Yeah, so maybe it was just an artifact of the book or, or, or something. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, the accents um,
0: are all over the place. Yeah, like, um,
1: Magda is a British
0: actor playing a Slovenian lady, but all the lines are like her speaking French. Yeah. Which is really strange. Yeah. And then um, you've got uh, the Swiss bloke. Oh, Vince, Vincent Perez. Vincent, playing, Vincent Perez, yeah. who's playing Stefan, yeah. who's supposed to be Hungarian, but he's Swiss. And then the Australian bloke playing Rudy, the Hungarian. Yeah, it's yeah, like Ryan Kaur, are-
1: who's been in like heaps of B-tier Australian shit. Yeah. Like, he was <laughs> in um, uh, Love Child and Pack to the Rafters. Yeah. And uh, Underbelly as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, overall- And he's playing this uh, atrocious hungarian accent <laughs> man where it's just yeah. the, it's the most, like- He was one of my favourite characters in the whole film. Then I will teach you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: He was one of my favourite- I mean, he was really was, charming. His
1: performance is great, the which whole is why f- it's so weird that they fucking made yeah. him-
0: Yeah, really weird. The whole oh. film really, was really whimsical, though, and I really enjoyed yeah. the whole film. I sort of
1: was smiling like an idiot the whole time. Yeah. Really enjoying yeah. where all the characters went. And um, really amazing that it wasn't- I, I at no point did I kind of have the thought of like, Oh, this is this is really cliched. Even yeah. though some of the, it wasn't really breaking a whole lot of new ground with its subject material, yeah. the way that it did it was really good, really innovative, really
0: new and fresh. Yeah. And I, I really enjoyed really it. Really liked it. And it just kind of reminded me of some some stuff about the migrant experience that we learn about when we were sort of in year twelve and in English and that kind of thing. We yeah. sort of studied migrant poetry and that kind of thing. Mm. And I think that some of the values reflected in this film were definitely reflected in those as well. You yeah. sort of see the same kind of themes pop up where you sort of know that the film is trying to go for an air of authenticity when it comes to mm. attitudes towards race. It didn't really. I mean, maybe it sugarcoated it a bit.
1: It definitely yeah did. no like, one it, really was really racist you know yeah like no one no one like kicked anyone out of a store for being i Italian really would <laughs> have
0: liked no i just felt like i felt like goody.
1: the racism would have been a much harder hitting than it was yeah but, but I,
0: I definitely think for like a, a whimsical old, oh, it's like an old person kind of film if you know what i mean we yeah. both used to work at the cinemas and every now and then you'd see these films that like people our age would have no idea about but these kinds of films pop up there's like three a week every week forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. These films that are specifically marketed towards old people. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever realized, uh, See, it's ladies funny and that gentlemen. I don't
1: think this one was really. I mean, it was obviously those people lived through that era. Yeah. But this didn't feel like it was trying to be a Marigold Hotel thing because it that's didn't what I was going to a... say.
0: There are films like Marigold Hotel that yeah. really feel like they're just made for old people. Uh, what I was going to say was, ladies and gentlemen, you might not realize, but cinemas open 365 days a year at 10 a.m. Yeah. You know how you always go to the cinemas at like at like 6 on o'clock at night, 7 o'clock, 8 <laughs> <Yeah>. o'clock, <9 laughs> o'clock at night on a Friday. The cinemas are open. 90% of the time, you're not there. They're still open, and it's yep. always old people. The yeah. cinema, the main demographic of people who go to the cinema are people over the age of 70 that just want to watch anything. People with seniors cards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, Yeah. And so there's a lot of films oh, like boy. this. And so I feel like... Uh, Having worked at a cinema, I used to get free tickets and I used to have a lot of spare time on my hands when I was at uni. So I've seen a lot of fucking films like this where it's literally just like supposed to be filler for old people for two mm. hours. And I think this film was a cut above the rest. And oh, I yeah. really
1: enjoyed it. Yeah, I, that's why I don't feel like it was trying to be that type of movie. I think it yeah. just appeals to that crowd because yeah. they lived that experience. And stuff. it's one of those
0: sorts of things where I was like, oh, I, I started the film thinking, oh, this really isn't going to be for me. I don't really know why I'm here. I'm not going to like this.
1: And by the end of it, I was all in. Yeah, really glad. It. So, Good, yeah. good recommendation, Gina. She was, I think she, was, she hasn't seen it, so I think she was concerned <laughs> that it wouldn't be great. But this one, yeah. really fantastic. Yeah. Gina might need to
0: just Super reevaluate good. her motives and attitudes toward Hollywood because she <laughs> only recommended these. But we do these films because they have women in them. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Us, we were doing because we wanted to support Australian film. We'll watch film. any film. Yeah? yeah, we wanted to sort of we discuss the various merits of thrillers and comedy, um, comparing Gone Girl and are so I think we just, as broadcasting professionals, we're a, a cut above the rest when it comes to... Well, I mean, uh, I just
1: don't see gender... No, absolutely not. No, I didn't even really realise
0: that Anna Kendrick was a woman until until Gina pointed it out. And I think Gina probably
1: needs to interrogate some of her beliefs. Well, um, Thanks for the email, Gina. (laughs) Have we got a better than, worse than for Ladies in Black? I already did it. Uh, Better than the merger, worse than Animal Kingdom.
0: Yeah, okay, but no, true. No, okay. I feel like I, I both of those Animal films Kingdom are nothing cooler, like what this film but was. But it didn't, yeah. Exactly. Animal
1: Kingdom is like a really great Australian film. From oh, yeah, years ago. by the, it's the like way. It's like a
0: drug, fucking drama, crime it's family like kind of movie. Yeah. Really fucking good. It's,
1: I think it, it, hopefully it's still on Netflix, but if you yeah. haven't seen Animal Kingdom, go and fucking yeah. watch that movie. Because, yeah. um, that shit is really good, yeah. but so, this film kind of reminded me tonally of films like the Best Exotic
0: Marigold Hotel. I haven't
1: seen any of those, and that kind of, ones. of thing.
0: It's actually pretty good, okay. but all the young people and the period setting really helps us sort of get across. What's the line. What's
1: a good Australian television show that does this kind of period piece work? Oh, uh, I know that you there'll know, be something. Something. I, mean, more like I think that. some sort of Tim Wintony kind of like. No, I don't know. I, I've, but it, it feels like that. It's like um, in a. It, it's sort of like. It's got that like Downton Abbey kind of vibe where it's clearly yeah. trying to emulate a period piece, but dramatize it and make it really interesting. And it does that very well. It does so, it really well. You oh, get a really one, nice one slice cool of like
0: middle class Australian
1: suburban life, which is really nice. Yeah, And 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 that sort of like di- yeah. now sort of dying in the technological revolution department store era, like yeah. retail position. One cool thing that my partner picked up that I didn't in terms of like the level of authenticity that they went to yeah. with props she said when they were doing that scene where they all walked in in their normal clothes to the department store and got changed yeah. into black, and yeah. they all clipped on their earrings. Yeah. They all clipped on earrings because back then most people, most women, didn't have their ears pierced. Oh, really? So they actually used clip-on earrings as the props, oh. which is pretty cool. Yeah. Clip-on earrings are painful. Oh yeah, I've um. heard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, you wear whatever you
0: want, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Should we head in with the news? Yeah. yeah.
1: Beef bulletins. Beef bulletin. Hit it, boy. So, do you, have you, you haven't seen, have you seen Clockwork Orange? No. Okay. Well, for those of you who have seen Clockwork Orange, the main character played by Malcolm McDowell. Okay. He's fucking old now. Um, and he, he looks a bit like a, uh, uh, a scrote with white hair, <laughs> and he's very appropriately playing Rupert Murdoch in, in a new film called uh, Fair and Balanced Just want to okay. say, by the way, just I'm just going to use this platform that I have of, of many people we've talked about this film before.
0: I've heard I've heard that title before.
1: I think on this podcast, Fair and Balanced yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, genuinely, just absolutely fuck the entire Murdoch family. <laughs> um, so yeah, happy yeah. happy with that. I've got one here. Yeah,
0: okay. James Gunn uh, has signed on to write and possibly direct Suicide Squad 2.
1: Yeah, and this which is.
0: Which is a hilarious fuck you because he's been fired by Marvel and gone straight to DC. Yeah. Something I think is interesting about this, before you launch into whatever you were going to say, <laughs> is that no one really knew who the Guardians of the Galaxy were. They were like a B or C grade Until comic they put on book. The mask. Com- <laughs> comic- they were like a B or C grade comic book that I think. I- I'd never heard of them. I think. Mm. There are superheroes that everyone knows, even if you don't like comic books. I think this is probably one of those things that people would have only ever heard about if they had known about comic books beforehand yeah. and sort of been familiar with them. Similarly, uh, Suicide Squad 1 got pretty bad reviews and was widely because regarded was as being absolutely
2: piece pretty of shit, crap. Maybe, yeah.
0: I think this guy might be able to do something really well with it. Yeah. I imagine this is probably going to be some sort of soft reboot.
1: Yeah, um, maybe
0: all these characters are kind of Even if it's uh, not deplorable kind of it, characters it can't be much worse of.
1: than the first one, and and Gunn's yeah. a pretty good director. Exactly, he's a real gun. Um, <laughs> I've been
0: looking for. I, will, I look forward to see what he's doing. Apparently, they're still yeah. going to be using his script for Guardians Three.
1: Which is just, exciting. Oh, God, yeah. I won't, I won't start. But, yeah, okay. Well, that might be good then. I didn't yeah. see the first Suicide Squad because no, I I knew well, it was bad. My
0: hope is that we won't need to for this
1: one. Yeah, exactly. Um,
0: the other big bit of news I have this week is that uh, Disney has announced they're going to be doing a live-action remake of Aladdin.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, coming I've out seen next year, for
0: that. And yeah. Will Smith's going to be the genie. Hey, cool. Which That's is probably right. a good pick. That's a hard act to follow for sure. Yeah. yeah. But... um I, I really I wonder what to it'll look what like. Do.
1: Will it look like uh, Will Smith, or is it going to be like cartoonized as Robin Williams was? Well, see, that's that's what this article is about. They've said, um "Oh, fuck it's, me!" <laughs> it's yeah, read that read Will, that little fucker out. Uh,
0: Will Smith's going to be the uh, say so this guy's saying, "Oh, but I," he must have seen some sort of. Previous shot. So he says, what I didn't expect is the genie to be just human Will Smith, albeit with a shaved head and a swirl of long ponytail hair. That's in character, but odd. His character was described at this panel that he went to as a little fresh prince, a little hitch, and a whole lot of attitude. At one point we see, they saw Smith in drag posing with women dressed similarly. And he cracks about how hard it is to tell which one isn't the real woman. The garb on Will Smith is definitely period appropriate. Vests, scarves, and a billowy genie pants. Um, so I think it's probably the sort of same sort of shit you see Aladdin wearing in the cartoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one thing that definitely makes this new film unwatchable is that in the new teaser trailer that just came out, Aladdin's not like six-pack with a vest over it. He's got mm. like an undershirt under his vest, which is total bullshit. bullshit. <laughs> Fuck you, Disney. <laughs> Fuck you, Disney. And apparently the tiger's not going to be in this. They're getting oh, rid of the right. tiger because they felt that most of the interaction that Jasmine has is either with Aladdin or with this tiger. And so they're introducing a handmade character so that Jasmine can be interacting with another female character in the film, which is pretty Well, good. that's
1: actually pretty good. Yeah. yeah. All right. Good work, Disney. What do you got, boy? You're back in my good books, except still, still shit. <laughs> yeah. uh, Venom's absolutely destroying the US box office, which is funny because it's really not that great, apparently. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's got like $80 million in its first fucking couple weeks. So. <laughs> Great. Great. Um, there is a World War Z two um, huh. to be shot with. Uh, people
0: are probably going to go World War Twenty Two if they don't <laughs> if, if they fuck up the typography. Well, the yeah, I of don't
1: it. know who did the first one, but um, Brad
0: Pitt definitely had some sort of producing kind of role. In.
1: Yeah, Brad Pitt's in it, but um, David Fincher is directing. See, apparently, so. World War Z the
0: first movie um Devin Fincher that's cool sorry I didn't mean to brush over that he's great um apparently the first World War Z so it's based on that book but it didn't really have very much to do at all with the book apparently
2: no so Um, yeah okay the
0: first one
1: was directed by Mark Foster so completely different yeah so have you read World War Z? Uh, no. So the the point is that it's a bunch of different uh, basically like, media reports and yeah. or like notebook and pages or it's whatever. Lot,
0: basically it's a little vignettes and things. Yeah. And
1: apparently World War Z is just a straightforward
0: zombie movie to the well, point where I was listening to some what, podcast ages ago when it came out it. where they were saying like, Oh, it's basically just like it it's weird it doesn't probably doesn't even need the World War Z label. Like it's yeah. just a zombie movie and the World War Z label on there is like because the book was popular.
1: Yeah. I think what they fucked up was that they made... So, uh, as you said, it's it's about a system of vignettes. Yeah. But instead of sacrificing those vignettes and coming up with a unique storyline, yeah. they made Brad Pitt's single character Go experience all- most of the vignettes. Oh, really? When they were meant oh, okay. to be heaps of different people. And that just made it super unrealistic because... yeah. Like, uh, that it made that zombie film <laughs> super unrealistic. Yeah, um, because it's just one of those things where no one has that many skills. Yeah, is going to be put in that many fucking situations. Yeah, yeah well, ridiculous. the commentary I
0: heard about the first one was like it was it was basically. This- it was some podcast where they had already been talking about how great this book was ages ago. The book originally came out. Yeah. So, they were excited for this film because they wanted to see a film treatment of the book because of all these different storylines. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and so, they were annoyed that the studio had bought the rights to this book, uh, to, to bought, bought the rights to adapt the film. And then just fucked it. And then just not used it and just made a new movie. It was like, right, well, that's fine. The movie was okay, but it means no one can actually adapt the book properly because yeah. you've got the rights
1: to it and you fucked it. Well, they did use it, but not in a good way so my understanding but again but they're making a sequel so David Fincher yeah Brad Pitt's back in it Um, David Fincher is directing so actually that might be really cool I actually don't mind Brad Pitt I haven't seen the first one but Brad Pitt's so watchable in everything I see him in Um, okay so there's a movie coming out about the Panama Papers um, in case you remember that massive controversy (laughs) yeah Um, it's called The Laundromat And it's going to be released on Netflix, and Steven Soderbergh is directing it. (laughs) Remind me of the um, Oceans movies. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, Um, he's great. So, yeah, that might be really cool. It's also got a stellar fucking cast. So, Gary Oldman, Meryl Streep, Antonio Banderas, David Schwimmer. Fuck me. Um, So, that's, yeah, that looks really cool. So, again, on Netflix, which is uh, not a good
2: sign, but (laughs) hey, (laughs) whatever.
1: Ryan Coogler's doing a um, writing and directing of a Black Panther sequel. So, it was the same guy that okay. wrote and directed yeah. the first one. Well, that, so, they cool. can't because that was great. Black Panther died at the end of Infinity War. So, no, that, that must be interesting. Oh, damn. Well, yeah. that certainly doesn't substantiate my point that there's no fucking consequences in any of those movies. Well, no. It, I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is going to be...
0: That, that's why people are excited about it because it's only Rocket Rocket Raccoon
1: for three hours. Uh, no, it's not because it's permanently on hiatus. <laughs> 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 Ugh. <laughs> um. oh Yeah. Okay. There's the uh, uh, the last one that I've got, which is not a particularly strong note to end on, but whatever. <laughs> Good. Uh, M Night Shyamalan is doing a sequel to Split. Um, which one so was that? Split was the one with James McAvoy, where he plays the 36 different people or whatever. So apparently, Wait, is that the art one? I thought that was pretty cool. The art one. There was there was some sort of thriller with James
0: McAvoy in it where he played like an art auctioneer or there was some sort of painting thing I thought it was really good
1: no no. this okay. is the one where he plays a, a mental patient that has like 46 personalities in ah, his body no, okay yeah so uh, it's part of a trilogy apparently so the first <laughs> one was Unbreakable that came out in 2000 and Split was 2016 and this one is the sequel to Split so right. yeah, it's called Glass James McAvoy's back in it <laughs> um playing 247 characters. <laughs> um, one thing that is cool about it is that... Um, James McAvoy, famous for his range and character work. Uh, <laughs> fucking hell. Anya Taylor-Joy, who was one oh, of yeah, from, the um, people from Thoroughbreds. Yeah. Um, f- one of my favorite up-and-coming actors, I reckon. She's really, yeah. really fucking good. I saw that she's, she's going she to be in the new good. season of Peaky Blinders as yeah, well. Yeah, which, which I'm is not, cool. Not really I haven't into all, Peaky Blinders but, yeah, as yeah, much, neither. but um, what I have watched is very good. So, and that might be enough to get me back into it. I think <laughs> she's really great. So that's the news. Great. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll wind it up there then. I suppose
0: so. Thanks for joining us for another week. Uh, Our email address is beefstationpod at gmail.com. As we mentioned before, this was a listener request. If you have any ideas for episodes you want us to do or any questions or stuff you want us to cover, let us know. Our Facebook uh, page is facebook.com slash beefstationpod. Yep.
1: Uh, Come join us there. We update you on all the new episodes. Speaking of Facebook and updates, um, we're thinking something that we'll trial is uh, letting people know a week ahead of time what we're going to do in the next episode. Yeah. Um, And we think that might give people a kind of opportunity to go see the movies ahead of time if they want to know. Maybe we'll pop it in the description. So if you want to know what we're doing next
0: week, um, read the description. It'll be in there. If you don't want to know, it'll be a surprise. Don't read the description.
1: Yeah. So uh, check those (laughs) if you want to. Keep ahead of the uh, the beef station pod. <laughs> That's it. Thanks for joining us for another week. I'm Oscar. Andrew. Have a good week.
2: C'est dans l'air du temps. passera, la En effet, que de fait, le fait est que les se reflète A sa capacité
1: de prendre le fait tel qu'il est Sans se référer à un système de pensée dans sa tête Dans un
2: déjà, c'était l'été